Hello. Before we start today's show, I have a little announcement about the future of the show. As you may have noticed, Culture, Sex, Relationships is the new rebranded show stemming from the Meg, John and Justin podcast. Meg, John and I used to do regular advice shows about various aspects to do with sex, relationships and culture. As they, Meg, John, are shifting their focus away from doing regular podcasts, I'm going to keep the show going with a slightly different format. As a lot of podcast streams do nowadays, I'm going to produce different kinds of shows throughout the year. These include Sex Jams, which you are about to listen to, which is the new podcast on the feed, which I do with Eleanor Yanniger, where a sex educator and a sex historian talk about sex songs. I'll do interviews with interesting people about their work. We'll do topic and advice-based shows with a rotating cast of co-hosts, hopefully including Mike John. Reviews of TV and film that are pertinent to the kinds of topics we've covered on the show before and more watch-alongs. Regarding the show feed, you don't have to do anything if you've already subscribed to a podcast app. You should be able to find culture, sex, relationships in whatever program you use to listen to podcasts. If you listen to podcasts via the website, you just need to go to the new URL, soundcloud.com forward slash culture, sex, relationships. Also, if you want to be a patron of the show, the patron name has also changed to Culture Sex Relationships. So that's patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships. Kind, gentle, lovely patrons will get extended content versions of whatever I produce on the free feed. So you'll get an extended version of today's episode of Sex Jams. An opportunity to take part in regular Zoom discussions, for example, maybe book clubs or podcast clubs. That's something that I'm going to discuss with everyone. Perhaps also setting up a Discord server for everyone to be able to chat to each other, share ideas, resources and advice. Discord is like a bit of an old-fashioned bulletin board and might be a way to establish more of a community of like-minded listeners. And also a shout-out in the show if this is something you like. So again, you don't need to do anything if you've already subscribed in your podcast app. Nothing will change. The shows will continue to appear as they already have. Um, as the Patreon podcast will be the same free feed, but longer and without me encouraging you to enjoy the Patreon, you might just want to listen to that one. If you listen to the podcast at the websites, you just need to change the URL. So change your bookmarks, go to soundcloud.com forward slash culture sex relationships. All the old episodes of Meg, John and Justin are still up on the SoundCloud feed. That hasn't changed. And of course, also in the Patreon feed. Do keep listening to those if you haven't already. If you prefer to support Meg John directly, you can check out their Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Meg John Barker. If you prefer to support the work I do, online relationships and sex education for young people, you can check out my other Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Bish UK. You can also continue to support the work that me and Meg John did at megjohnandjustin.com. And you can also buy the best-selling advice book ever written, A Practical Guide to Sex, or Enjoy Sex How, When, and If You Want To. I hope that's okay. Right, so now with episode three of Sex Jams. Hope you like it. Bye. Hello and welcome to Sex Jams. Yay! Where a sex educator and a sex historian talk about sex songs. That's right. Today we are doing Two Become One by the Spice Girls. Classic. Classic classic Spice Spice Girls. Girls. Classic Spice Girls. Um, So again, uh, like with the other shows, we're going to do a tiny bit of biographical information. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to go through the lyrics. And towards the end, we'll talk about whether it is, in fact, a sex jam, a song to have sex to, or is it just a song about sex? Mm-hmm. Or is it neither? Ooh. Who knows? We're going to discover <laughs> as we go through the podcast. 
So, so to become one. So this this is a classic Spice Girls song, um, as I say. But it's interesting for me. We were having the discussion about um, the Spice Girls and the differentiation between here in the UK and in America. So Spice Girls hit America when I was in high school. And I was theoretically like, you know, the target demographic, mm. uh, but it was desperately kind of uncool for actual teenagers. It sort of w- was more of a thing for, say, uh, you know, like tweens. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my best friend and I uh, got into the Spice Girls, ironically, mm-hmm. um, because we were being, you know, snarky teenagers who were too good for it. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into genuine enjoyment of the Spice Girls uh, after we watched the hit Spice Girls movie, Spice World, mm-hmm. repeatedly, which we owned on video cassette. I mean, it is a great film. It's a wonderful film. See, to me, when the Spice Girls came out, I was working, started working with young people. Uh, <laughs> and it was the early teenagers. Is that tweens? Is that yeah, that tweens, yeah. that's the term, uh, I guess. Who were into it. And so, for me, when I first heard the Spice Girls, I just found them annoying because they were constantly being played by these kids. <laughs> uh, now I appreciate them more differently. But it's interesting because we were mentioning to some friends that this was going to be the song that we covered this week and one of our friends said yeah but it's not really a Christmas song is it? And we were like what? (laughs) It's a Christmas song? So how is that? Because Uh, we were wondering whether there are any Christmas sex jams this might be something we cover on on an episode near Christmas. Yeah no well it was and this is the thing, because it was released uh, in 1996 on the 16th of December, mm-hmm. um, and it topped the UK singles chart for three weeks, becoming the group's third consecutive chart topper, their second million-selling single, and their first Christmas number one single in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So for non-UK listeners, uh, the Christmas number one is a big thing here for some reason. Yeah, it's a bit less of a thing now, because there, there were so many years where basically... Uh, Simon Cowell will just like finagle it basically um, yeah. and ensure that whoever won X Factor would be the Christmas number one and then I don't know, it, less, it feels like there's less excitement about it nowadays. Maybe I, maybe there was that one year on. when, um, in response to that, uh, everyone got Killing in the Name of to number one on the Christmas yeah. <laughs> and that was really great. Yeah. And then the BBC had Rage on and then they were like, but you know that fuck you, I won't do what you tell me part, don't do that, okay? And Rage were like, Sure. And then they did it anyway. It was very funny. Anyway. So it became a Christmas number one. It became a Christmas number one. It wasn't released in the United States until 1997. Mm -hmm. July 1997. It peaked at number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, It went gold in America. And apparently internationally, it did about the same thing. It got into the top ten most other places, but it didn't get to number one Mm -hmm. like it did here. Um and uh, then, also, I learned when, uh, you know, researching, air quotes, and by that I mean looking up the Wikipedia article, Emma Button <laughs> covered it in uh, 2019 on her uh, fourth solo album, My Happy Place, as a duet with Robbie Williams, who I hate. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do any Robbie Williams on this show. I, I, really. Robbie Williams. Meet me outside, you coward. <laughs> this is an anti-Robbie Williams podcast. Ellen has got a lot of beef with Robbie. I got a lot of beef. I got a lot of problems with Robbie Williams. Sure. <laughs> I don't believe that Robbie Williams has ever made a sex jam. I will only refer to him on this podcast about how, you know, he's, he's on thin ice, Robbie. <laughs> I'll say it to your face, sir. 
Right, so shall we get stuck into the lyrics? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, okay, so candlelight and soul forever, a dream of me, of you and me together. Say you believe it, say you believe it. Setting the scene, isn't it? It's setting the scene, but at the same time, I'm like, not only is it setting the scene, but it gets pretty hardcore right away. Yeah, so it's making this very serious. So it's, it's setting the scene for this being not an unpleasant experience. Like, <laughs> I think it's meant to be nice, isn't it? What they're planning the candlelight, you know. Yeah. But um, but it is like, oh, this is deep and meaningful kind of thing. Yeah, like, the candlelight and soul forever, it's like, candlelight, we've got the, this play to romanticism, you know, mm-hmm. what makes something a romantic encounter, and mm-hmm. there, it's always candles, isn't it? It's always candles and rose petals in it. Yep. Uh, and, the, but the soul forever. So it's like, this is not just a, we're not just like having a nice little, you know, Tet a tet, no, we're like going straight into the soul. It's like soul forever. So where they're setting us up for this idea that yeah, there's something sexy is going to happen, but it's more than that as well. Could they also just be setting the scene literally of like there's candlelight and we're playing soul music? I wonder what soul music they're playing. Don't know, George Michael, obviously. Obviously, obviously, obviously. Um... So yeah, it's, uh, it's setting the scene and it's very serious. And you know, people have sex for lots of different reasons and there are lots of different meanings behind it. We think that in this song, the whole thing about the song is that the sex is about love and it's about cementing something. Mm-hmm. It's about putting things in place. It's about fixing it forever, as you say. Yeah. A dream of me and you together. It's like, say, uh, say you believe it, say you believe it. It's like, it's an invocation to mm. commit, isn't it? It's about commitment. It's a really interesting one, too, as well, because it's putting something like this is not great consent work. No, because the say you believe it, say you believe it. It's like, so you've got someone in this room, you got the candles going, George Michael's playing. You know, it's a pretty sexy time. It's pretty coercive. And you're like, so you believe it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> it's like, um, well, I think it might be worth kind of uh, coming back to this throughout the song, because there's some of this in the next line as well. And it might be worth kind of thinking about. Uh, how the how the gender of the Spice Girls is constructed at this point, and mm-hmm. and what it is that it is saying uh, culturally about heterosex relations. Yeah. Uh, so next line is uh, free your mind of doubt and danger. Be for real. Don't be a stranger. We can achieve it. We can achieve it. So like free your mind of doubt and danger. Um, if that's coming from you know a woman in a pop group to a young man, mm. that could be read as like benevolently it could be read as like being like a, a quite gentle yeah like let your guard down you know it, it, it kind of like comes across as maybe this is about um trusting someone yeah with something more than just sexual like maybe you know just being vulnerable in front of them yeah and to get trust you have to give it you mm-hmm. know, it is a thing that you have to believe in but if there's this was a boy group seeing <laughs> this to young women it's like no run, run. away which also is which uh Obviously, uh, women can um, commit sexual violence Obviously. towards uh, yep. men. That definitely does happen. But um, but the uh, it's interesting here. So to free your mind of doubt and danger, I don't think you free your mind of doubt and danger by asking someone to, to free your mind, your mind of, of doubt, doubt and danger. Or someone telling you to free... I mean, it's good advice. And if you want to have enjoyable sex, if you have any doubt or danger, you should just not. Yeah, like, it, it's probably not going to be very enjoyable if you are worried about danger the entire time. But on the other hand... 
this is extremely like the my not involved in uh, human trafficking shirt is ask, answering a lot of questions already <laughs> answered by my shirt. Like, why have you brought this up? Yeah. Why are we talking about doubt and danger right now? Yeah. Like, it's, no, it feels like it's yeah it, this this early stage in a sexual encounter to be saying you know don't. Don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Don't there's, be afraid. No, no, nothing there's to be no afraid of danger. There's absolutely no I want to be danger. Clear. Here. There is no danger. There's no danger. Um, but I do think that, that is, the idea there is you, it's connected into the be for real, don't be a stranger thing. So what we're kind of hearing from the Spice Girls is there is a gentleman who's kind of putting on a facade of someone and they're saying like, let your guard down. You can be genuine with me. Yeah. Uh, But it's maybe perhaps worded clumsily because I mean, let's be real. This is a straight sex jam. It's a straight sex jam. It's a straight sex jam. Now, the Spice Girls, of course, are very beloved in queer communities for good reason. Mm -hmm. But um, this is straight girls talking about straight boys. Yeah. That's it. We think so. Yeah, we think so. Um, yeah, so I think this is less to do with uh, freeing your mind of doubt and danger about a sexual encounter. It's mm-hmm. more about it's okay to feel feelings towards me. It's okay to feel intimate towards me. You're not. It's uh, it's like it's okay to express your feelings with me because the messages that men receive about masculinity is that you're meant to show your emotions. You're meant to be tough mm-hmm. and not to and not get. Um, like trapped in a situation where you're being emotional with someone without your consent, you have to remain in control at all times, as we've said in our first two sex chants about uh, yeah. masculinity and uh, sex. And so that's what this is about. Anyway, moving on. Um, so a bit that I actually kind of like here is the we can achieve it, we can achieve it, going back to the say you believe it, say that you believe it. Although, as I say, I've got some problem. I got some problems about um, the consent based in the say you believe it bit, though. Because uh, I'm a big believer in the concept that relationships, which is sort of what this this song is about, relationships are something that people decide on. Yeah, so they're intentional. Yeah, it, it, so basically, what, whichever Spice Girl it is who is trying to seduce you through this song is mm-hmm. saying that, you know, well, let's, let's have a relationship then. So if you believe that we can have a relationship, um, if these are things that you kind of put your mind to, then mm-hmm. we can begin putting that together. Yeah. It's nice because they're not just saying we're going to make this relationship work on vibes. Yeah. It's going to be more than vibes. There's going to be some work involved. Yeah. And it, nice. it's a really nice antidote to the million pop songs you hear that are about like love at first sight yeah, and how it, chemistry or biology and you just, yeah. Yeah. And the Spice Girls are being like, no, you actually have to put your mind to yeah. it and, yeah. and, and think about these things if it's going to come together as a relationship. So uh, points there for the Spice Girls. Come a little bit closer, baby. Get it on. Get it on. Because <laughs> tonight is the night when two become one. Could you please do the get it on, get it on a bit again? Sure. Come a bit closer, baby. <laughs> get it on. Get it on. That was, that was very hard. What I hope to do is to ruin every sex jam. If I ruin every sex jam by just reading out some of the words in my voice, in my oh. boring East Midlands <laughs> elderly sex educator voice. Okay, so um, I'm going to just skip to the when two become one, which is yeah. my whole point about the whole song. It's my key point. Yeah. So I think this is in contravention of the explicit values of the Spice Girls canon. Yes. The Spice Girls set their stall out yes. in wannabe by saying, if you want to be my lover, you've got to get with my friends, which doesn't mean having sex with my friends. It means you've got to appreciate, you've got to understand 
my friendships are important to me. Mm -hmm. You need to try to make an effort to get on with my friends. Yes. Because my friends are going to be there forever. Friendships never end. Mm -hmm. I, uh, we would argue that friendships do end and that maybe that should end. There is a good Meg John and just an episode about friendships and how sometimes friendships do need to end because yeah. it's problematic when we think that friendships don't end. However, the wannabe canon is really talking about non-hierarchical relationships. Correct. It's about saying Spice Girls have come out and they've said, look, we believe in intentional relationships and that friendships are as important, if not more important, than romantic relationships. You've got to get with that. Indeed. This song, Two Become One, when two people become one, there is no room for anyone else, is there? No. So they're literally just talking about two individuals and there is nothing left to share with anyone else. So it's not like we will overlap these parts of the relationship, we'll become closer here, but you've got to remember, I've got my friendships over here, mm -hmm. and my family, my relationship with myself, mm -hmm. my relationship with God, my relationship with my, um, with my team, you know, the relationship mm -hmm. with the Spice Girls yes, themselves, you know, yes. the work that they do together. Mm -hmm. Like, to become one, it's very high, I think this is very hierarchical, mm -hmm. it's very, it's extremely monogamous in, in that kind of classic, and it's literally just two circles entirely converging, isn't it? Two becoming one. Yeah, and I mean, so if we... Very disappointed. I'm very disappointed in the Spice Girls for this song. And if we think about it, too, in terms of, you know, there's Wannabe, and then the second Spice Girls single was Say You'll Be There, mm. which again reaffirms the Spice Girls' commitment to um, the crew before screws. Yeah. You know, if you put Mates two... before dates. If you put two and two together, you will see what our friendship is for. And if you can't work this equation, then I guess I'll have to show you the door. Yeah. Says Same, the Spice very Girls. important things. Very important things in Say You'll Be There. Yeah. So here's the thing, too. So in Two Become One, it's like, so maybe, maybe we can give the Spice Girls the benefit of the doubt. Maybe we can say, all right, well, actually, what they're saying in Two Become One, it's not going to be... You know, you ever have those friends who they get into a new relationship and then they just disappear and you're like, where'd my friend go? Yeah. And like, you basically just get dumped as a friend because they're having sex somewhere yeah. instead. It's very disappointing. We hate to see it. Yeah. We don't like to see it. But I want to say that I, we can't necessarily say that the Spice Girls are saying that with Two Become One. But on the other hand, they might be falling into another very dangerous trap, mm. which is the trap of your friend gets a new partner and then suddenly you never see your friend on your own either. Yeah. Because two become one. Yeah. And so suddenly your friend is always a someone and someone. Yeah. It's not just like one friend anymore. It's just always a couple, just always a couple. And you know, that is and, problematic as well. And we would contend, and the recent work of Judith Butler would contend that, you know, we are, that this idea of an individual is a bit of a myth. Like none of us are actually just atomized individuals. We all yes. have people who depend on us and we're dependent on. Uh, either in the past, present, or future. So we're always like a... When, whenever you see like an individual person walking around the street, you should imagine that they're being an inner circle of people around them who have enabled that person to be there and, mm -hmm. and not be there. So I think in Judith Butler's work on um, on violence and the importance of non-violence, you know, if you attack a person, you're actually attacking a small community of people around that person. Yes. Is what she's saying. So, um, however... In this song, we are just talking. They are just talking about these um, these individuals in this way, and it is that. Uh, and as you say, it's the kind of John and Yoko thing, isn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that was a thing that was a big pressure for the Beatles when uh, Yoko and John would literally go everywhere together. They would say, you know, other couples would say, would come, you know, they come home from work and say, "How was your day, darling?" And then they, you know, give each other a rundown on their day. Yeah, we don't have to do that because we literally spend every moment, every minute of every day mm -hmm. with each other, mm -hmm. um, which was like read as romantic. 
people might want to share their world like that intentionally, but um, it it leaves less room for other people to engage with you in relationships. It leaves less room for yep. your uh, your your different relationships with other people, um, and it prioritizes one relationship above all others. This is why I'm very disappointed that I thought the Spice Girls were out here for relationship mm-hmm. panicky, yep. and here they are talking about strict monogamy. I mean, I'm trying. I like to read their earlier singles as uh, relationship anarchy. Uh, guidelines. Yeah. You know, um, also, true bangers. Say It'll Be There. A real banger. Uh, it's a good one. I love Say It'll Be There. Yeah. Absolutely love Say It'll Be There. Um, so, next. So, uh, I need some love like I never needed love before. Right. So, we've been speaking about love as uh, a synonym for sex. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that what's... Are the, what, so, what's going on here? Is this... She's not saying that whoever is singing here, she's not saying that she's really horny, is she? No. She's saying she wants, like, what do you think? Well, so this is the thing, because the next bit is, I want to make love to you, baby. So it's like... It's not a horny song. It's not, it's, it's definitely talking about sex, but they're explicitly saying that sex in this particular circumstance is going to be used to cement a relationship. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's going to come with love. Yeah. Right. So they're admitting that there's this horny part of it, right? Mm. So like, I mean, uh, I, I want to make love to you, baby, but it's not like saying I want to fuck you. No. <laughs> not that the Spice Girls, I think, ever went blue, but um, you know, it it is it's saying this is about a relationship. This is about souls. You know, we go back to you know maybe we're talking about George Michael album. Maybe we're talking about the conception of someone's actual soul. Mm. But what we're saying now is that this is more than just sex. This is overlapping. This is going to be a... We're establishing a relationship by having sex. Cute. Yes. Could this be... um, Could any of these lyrics apply to a friendship, a very close friendship? Are they actually mentioning sex? So, um... Well, I mean, want to make love to you, baby, is mentioning sex. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But other than that, I mean, you you really could if you take that bit out. Yeah, it could be friendship, you know, and, you know, we would argue that it that you can have these incredibly intimate, uh, romantic mm-hmm. um, evenings, yep. moments, times with friends or anyone who is um, uh, anyone who is not necessarily a sexual or romantic partner. Yep. And if we unpack what a romantic partner means, particularly given that um, given uh, asexual folk have taught us that you could have um, very deep, intimate, romantic relationships without having sex. Yeah. Um, then it help, helps us to kind of to explore and expand our very definitions of what romance and sex is. I don't think that this is controversially, I don't think this is a sex jam. Mm. I mean, I'm saying I'm putting this out there early. Wow, okay, alright. I, I think that this is not so much horny, I think this is a, a peon to intimacy. It's closeness, mm. I think. Mm. I mean, so one of the things that I find really interesting about this, and you can be right there, because the next line is, I had a little love, now I'm back for more. Mm-hmm. So this, what they're, the Spice Girls are telling us, is they've shagged this dude before. Yeah. This, this is a guy that they shagged. Yeah. And it just hasn't been gelling. You know, like... Um, well, had little love. I think that they did stuff. I think that they did things that they might not categorise as sex, although I would categorise it as sex. Oh, so do you think the Spice Girls are basic and they're like only P's and V's? 
Well, we're, we're going to come to that because I think that that's what we're talking about. But I think in the basic way of viewing sex, first base, second base, third base, fourth base. So you're saying that the Spice Girls were given some handies. <laughs> <laughs> they might have been taking part in, in maybe some non-genital sexual touching, I think. This, uh, Justin just rolled Kissing. his eyes in the most exhausted way with me ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it's a handy. I'm saying it's kind of like a back of the bar handy. It's like late night is kicking out time at the pub. I don't think that I'm not getting that from this song. I'm not getting that from this song. <laughs> I think that there have been some snogging. All right. uh, there's been flirting and nice chats and like a sense of a vibe, sense of some chemistry. Uh, I think there was some snogging. You know, and snogging is like, you know, it's not just, it's not just kissing it. It's like no. hands going up and down and, you know, it's, but outside of clothing. So Maybe a bit of prodding. At, yeah, a bit of close, gentle, you know, over the clothes, rubbing. So not a handy. Not a handy. <laughs> not, as you say, a handy. <laughs> um, yeah, so they've been doing some stuff. So I had little love. So if love is a synonym for sex... They've done a bit, and now the back, and now she's back for more. Wanna, and brackets want to make love to you, baby. Yep. Set your spirit free. It's the only way to be. Yeah. See, and that's when it's like again, this is a little bit, you know, Toya Purple Natitsky. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's so we're involving spirits. We're involving souls, and it's like, girl, it's a shag. I mean, there's you're placing so much importance on the sexual encounter and what it's supposed to do. Which some people do. Well, that's fine, but I just also feel like it's kind of a recipe. You know, here we are, here's this guy who who is so emotionally unavailable that you're having to reassure him that this is not dangerous, that you're not, like, trying to trick him into a relationship. And you're like, oh, free your spirit, boy. Like, our soul forever, you know. Yeah, it's... but I think that, that uh, this is honesty, though, isn't it? Because people don't talk about their motivations for why they don't want to have sex. That's true. And because there are many different motivations for wanting to have sex, that, that makes it very difficult when it unravels that the motivations are entirely different. Mm. Or the, the, the reasons that they want to have sex are entirely different. So in this song, if this song is about sex, this person, the the singer, is clearly saying, "Look, for me, sex will mean this, and I want it to. I want it to be about this. This is. I do want to have sex with you. Mm. I do want a bit more sex. Uh, but these. This is the context in which I want sex to happen, and this is where I want sex to lead it to. Mm. Lead to. There's no kind of like, what are you interested in? <laughs> <There's> no, <laughs> how do you feel about that? There's no, uh, where could we meet each other on a spectrum? Uh, there's no, you know, there's no even kind of communication about whether this is okay to have this chat. It's, but at least they are setting their stall out. They're being, they're being yeah. very clear about what sex means to them, which is, you know, useful. I think that's a useful thing to think about. Yeah. To think about our motivations for why we might want to have sex. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely being honest. You know what they want out of it. I'm just saying that I'm I'm reading, you know, any gentleman that you have to speak to like he's a spooked horse before you have sex. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. But if we compare this to the Missy Elliott song, One Minute Man, of last week, like yes. Missy, was, Missy was doing a similar thing. I'm saying, look, I've not had sex for a long time. 
I just need someone who is competent, a competent yeah. mechanic to come around and do the job. Yeah. you got to come around, do the job, and then just ideally... Just leave. Just leave, like a mechanic. <laughs> That's... More transactional. Yeah. This is not that, is yeah. it? That's true. Uh, this is, I want to have sex, but, and for me, sex means this. I think, culturally, uh, this was still a time where casual sex is still not really okay to, mm. to talk about. Yeah. Um... George was beginning to. Yeah, George was. George was. Pray for us, St. George. But also, this song is not written for adults, right? No. This song is written for teenagers. So it is trying to do this kind of like sex and relationships education, which which young people, well, still not guessing, but certainly didn't get at the time. <laughs> and they were being taught, look, uh, so the, I think that uh, sexual risks and uh, sexual health, and uh, reproductive sexual health, which we'll talk about in a bit, mm-hmm. were being put together in a package with, and you only do it when you find the right guy and yeah. you trust them when, and you can have this intimacy and you feel like your souls are going to be together and you're going to be a partnership. That's where sex is. It's okay for sex to happen. Yeah. It's a very conservative song, actually. I mean, uh, yeah, like I'm getting some of my sex education that I got in this period, right? And yeah. there was this big premium that they, you know, it, I was at Catholic school. Um, and so they spent a lot of time telling us how we had to, you know, not have sex until we were married. Mm-hmm. And um, a big part of that is and one of the things that they would do is they would be like, oh, um, you'll get hurt. Mm. There were they like there was mm-hmm. this indication that sex made something more serious mm-hmm. or more painful. So if you break mm-hmm. up with the person, if you have if you have sex with someone mm-hmm. and then that's not like the only relationship you have mm-hmm. in in your entire life having that sex is going to make everything much more difficult for you. Yeah. Uh, and there was like a, a big uh, premium on that. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it's kind of like within that sphere of thought because it's okay for the Spice Girls to be like saying explicitly they want that they're DTF mm-hmm. here because they're saying, oh, because we're going to have this big, meaningful relationship going forward and we're never, ever, yeah. ever, ever, ever going to break up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I um, so... I don't think it's giving the listener permission to say... I don't think what the song is saying is uh, it's okay to talk about what it is that you want from sex and then and talk about the motivations for why you might want to have sex. What it is saying, the message it's sending out is sex is only okay within this kind of context. Yeah. Like loving, trusting, very bonded, two becoming one type relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of... So in many ways, what 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 is different between this song... And what you uh, learned at Catholic school about in your sex education? Yeah, nothing except that you know it was basically just like please only have that that with someone that you marry. Yeah, um, which the Spice Girls are not taking off the table here, like no. you know the conception of marriage. So no, you know, and uh, many Spice Girls are famously very into getting married. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shout out to Mel B. I think she's on like. Oh really? Yeah, my, my girl loves to get married. Well. Posh and Becks are still together. Some people just love a wedding, don't they? Yeah. I mean, what can you say? Jerry, she's... Jerry... Jerry's... I think Jerry's married... Jerry was always getting engaged to people and then not getting engaged. And there were, like, all these things going on. I'm a Jerry girl. Jerry was was my favorite. Jerry was always my one. Um, My uh, bestie, Patty, she's a Mel C girl. Mel C, I think, actually had screwed on Titus. Most like, now, if I was going to be friends with her, it would probably be Mel C because she's team no baby. Right. Um, I don't think she's ever been married, but I could be wrong. I feel like I'm out of my comfort zone doing celebrity gossip. Sorry. 
Well, it's just that I don't know very much about them. Well, you know, I just the the entire point of the Spice Girls was that you were encouraged to pick one. Yeah. And, like, know about them, right? Well, that's problematic as well, isn't it? Anyway, oh, yeah. sorry. Let's get back to the lyrics. Let's get okay. back to the lyrics. So this is one of, the, for me, this is one of the most interesting lyrics as, as an sex historian. Now, um, the silly games that you were playing, empty words we both were saying, let's work it out, boy. Let's work it out, boy. So I'm really um, obsessed with the conception of games, like romantic games, mm -hmm. and how that works out in the process of courtship and the way that people talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, because it's very linked uh, in a lot of ways to medieval concepts of romance, and more specifically uh, to the idea of courtly love. Mm -hmm. And so courtly love, you know, it, it doesn't map particularly well onto our own society because it comes from a really different uh, social milieu. So courtly love as is indicated by the name, it's something that happens at courts. And it's something that is basically done between married people with people that they are not married to. Because marriage is not something that you do for love uh, in the medieval period. You do it for uh, business. It's a business arrangement. Mm -hmm. um, it is a religious office. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that you do in order to have children and pass on your property, right? Mm -hmm. So odds are you don't, you don't care. Yeah. About who it is you're married to. So you're kind of sitting around court all day being a fancy lad or lady. Mm -hmm. um, and you get the hots for the other people who are sitting there. And you write long poetry stories to them. And then, like, you basically do everything other than fuck. Yeah. Um, so there's, like, uh, things like the, the, very, the big blockbuster kind of a bestseller, quote-unquote, uh, from the medieval period and uh, uh, about courtly love, the Roman de la Rose. It can be read as kind of like a really uh, long and extended work about uh, the vulva and like the clit. Right. So like we think a big way that people like had courtly love things is that it was all about like having basically um, uh, like uh, sort of like manual sex or oral mm -hmm. sex with women. So it's like you're, you're having the kind of sex that you really want to have. Right. With people that you aren't married to. Right. And like you're having this like very hot sex, but no one's going to get pregnant. So don't worry, you won't get in trouble. Yeah. But a big part of that is all these kind of like games and this ritualized, formalized way that mm -hmm. you love people around that where it is, oh yeah, you write them, mm -hmm. you write them uh, poetry and you wear little favors for them mm -hmm. and you kind of like creep closer to each other. Mm -hmm. But oh, there's, oh, so many romantic misunderstandings and these sort of things. Well, it's quite cool because it's about, main, so it's a, deliberately about maintaining a frisson. It's like, yeah. it's uh, a game that people are playing knowing that they can't really end it. And if they did, it would be like, boom. It's like what we would say about crushes. Like mm -hmm. as soon as you act on a crush, then all the wonderful feelings that you had with the crush, you know, that excitement and the kind of, that kind of yearning and that kind of... Um, the frisson. The frisson. It's just gone, isn't yeah. it? As soon as, you act, as soon as you do something about it. Yeah. And so, um, which is quite interesting, I think. Yeah, and so, so obviously, th this is kind of part and parcel of where we came up with the concept of romance, right? Mm. So even if it is in this particularized medieval uh, conception, we took that and we moved it into the modern period. So you know, like think of any Shakespeare play, like a pre early modern. Yeah. You know, there's we're changing costumes and we're testing each other's love, and oh, you know, yeah. all the comedies they do that. Um, and then in the kind of Victorian period, in the Enlightenment period, so there still is all that kind of like writing mm -hmm. letters to each other. And there's this like really this real conception of, of what romance is and what it entails. Mm -hmm. And so even if you think about like rom-coms, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. now. Or um, one of my favorite novels uh, is really good on this, uh, Madame Bovary. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, conception of like romance and what it is, and it's always this kind of suspended. Get it all, it, like what is really romantic is always something that's kind of like hanging over there, and that's what makes something really romantic. But they're always it always has to end yeah. at a point in time, so you always have to like come through for the real happy ending. Yeah. Like the real happy ending of a rom com, they always get married or get together, and then yeah, like yeah, the yeah. game is over. Yeah. But we have this ritualized formation, which is like you know, boy meets girl, boy loses girl. Yeah. You know, they get back, and that's the kind of like game thing. And so here, the Spice Girls are kind of acknowledging that. They're mm-hmm. acknowledging this history about, like, what romance is, how, you know, there's these games. Because we also have this thing where it's like, oh, you're testing people all the time to see if they really are worthy of a relationship. Yeah, you also don't want to be the first, like, to tell somebody what it is that you want and to tell somebody what your feelings might be. is to make you very vulnerable. Mm. And, like, you're the first, and to trust someone makes you vulnerable. And you don't want to be the first person. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why it's really difficult to be the first person to say, I love you, because you're really putting it out there. Yeah. So there has to be this kind of, like, teasing, this, like, saying it but not saying it, and uh, th- this kind of, like, having to define it and trying to and mm-hmm. trying to find some kind of moment. And so some people, often people would rely on like getting drunk and then having sex and they're like, oh, we're in a relationship. Oh, look at that. You know, This is at least not that. Right? Yeah. This is at least saying, somebody's, somebody saying, look, we've been playing games. We've been doing this, saying mm-hmm. things, but not saying things. I'm saying this thing now. Yeah. So it is speaking the unspoken. I hope you've enjoyed the show so far. If you want to hear the full show, another 15 minutes or so, then head over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships. Bye.